This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. It is such an honor and blessing to be able to share with you today and uh, be with you. I've had a blast these last two and a half months getting to know folks and hearing their story about how God has brought them not only to Conduit Church, but also to Middle Tennessee. And one thing seems to be a theme that I hear over and over again. Uh, we moved to Tennessee and we don't know why. Uh, we know that uh, God moved us here, but we're not sure why. Well, I'm here to tell you, I know why. Because He has brought you to be a part of His end time harvest and revival that He spoke about that's going to happen in these last days. And also right here in Middle Tennessee, God has called us all to be a conduit. And, you know, it's crazy because I watched the Jesus Revolution film. How many of you have seen that? Isn't that awesome? Uh, I got to take part in it uh, the first time, uh, actually in real life. Uh, and that's when I came to know the Lord during the 70s. That's why some of the 70s are a little blurry, and some of them make more sense. Uh, after I met Jesus, they are a lot clearer. Uh, but... Uh, you know, what's crazy about that time, uh, although revival hit, there were so many people that didn't even know it came. And there were so many people in the church that, you know, that's not happening in our church. And guess what? It didn't. And uh, it's just amazing to me uh, when you say yes to the Lord, uh, there is, when obedience is involved, there's blessing behind every yes. And I have found in my walk with the Lord that every yes that we give Him is something that He honors. Now, uh, if you've hung around church for any moment, you say, I know what He's going to do. He's going to talk about workers. Uh, and yes, I am, because the truth of the matter is uh, the bigger the vision the more workers it takes to pull it off. And this church has great vision. I worked for a pastor in Oklahoma for 17 years, and he used to say he didn't have a big vision. A big vision had him. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm kind of guilty of that myself. Vision has just overtaken me and caught me, and uh, it's just great to be a part of that. But the truth of the matter is... Uh, God wants to use you, and that's what's amazing. Uh, he uh, uses ordinary people for his kingdom. You know, he could send angels around the world, uh, but, you know, we're so glad we get to go around the world. We get to go around the neighborhood. We get to go to the office and to our school and uh, through all parts of life. And we get to be his hand and feet and the conduits that he uses. Uh, but I want you to understand something. Um, you show me a church that doesn't need workers and I'll show you a church that really has vision problems. And God wants to use us 
to be a part of what he's doing. Now, uh, I believe with all my heart that ministry is a team sport. How many of you have been watching basketball? Anybody been watching basketball? Uh, I need to raise both hands and a leg. Uh, I've been watching a lot. Of, yesterday being off, it was so great to just have one basketball game after another. Uh, I am an obnoxious Alabama fan. Uh, my mom uh, told told a group of people one time, she said, I made a lot of mistakes in parenting, but one thing I did, I raised two obnoxious Alabama fans, and she was pretty proud of that, and uh, it's one of those things that uh, I'm pretty happy because both my favorite teams won last night, uh, Alabama and whoever plays Auburn, and uh, it's just that simple, uh, although I did yell for them and it did no good. And uh, so uh, there you have it. Now I'll never do it again. Uh, but uh, again, I can tell you who's going to win this whole thing. I can tell you right now. I'll just prophesy it, and it's just real simple. I'll tell you who's going to win. Whichever team plays most like a team. That's exactly it. If the hot dogs take over and keep the ball and do all the shooting, even though they're missing, and they don't play as a team, they're not going to win. And I have found that in the body of Christ, God has called each of us for a purpose and a reason. And we're going to talk about that some today, uh, but it's great uh, to be a part of a team sport like ministry. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke uh, chapter 10 and verse 2. And uh, here uh, we see Jesus gave a prayer request. Now, if Jesus gave a prayer request, how many of you know that must be something important because he didn't give a lot of them. And uh, this is one of the first that he gave. And this is what he says in Luke 10 uh, verse 2. He told them the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And it's amazing to me that uh, things really hadn't changed that much. This is still true. Man, you look at what's happening on college campuses. You look at what's happening in the heart of people today. Uh, where Darren and Eric are, uh, it's not popular to be a Christian. In fact, it's against the law. And uh, these guys are uh, going and paying a price. Uh, if you go and look on uh, Darren's Instagram, you'll see what they've been baptizing in and Basically, it's a hole in the ground with tarps and water. And then uh, uh, this is one of those things that uh, he's moving all over the place to people that want to see the move of God. But that's the key. You need to want to see the move of God. Now, serving others is God's plan for his children. In Mark chapter 10 we know that uh, Jesus said himself, he came to serve. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to many. At the same time, we know that the key to greatness 
And uh, the, the key to greatness, Jesus said, is to be the servant of all. I've found in life that you gain those you serve. One of the reasons we have clean, wonderful nurseries with loving people working in is because we want to reach young families. And how many of you know that there is no possession that a young family has other than their children? And when you serve those moms and you serve those dads so that they're not worried about, well, I wonder if my kids are okay. Yes, they're okay. And uh, they're in a great environment that's going to teach them the love of God and write that on their heart for the first time. And you gain those you serve. It's just that simple. One of the reasons this church is growing is because we are serving others. We're launching uh, four or five brand new small groups just in the month of April because there's more folks wanting to be a part of a small group than we have open small groups. What a great problem. And so you start serving the families of our church and meeting their needs in a small group more people want to join. And uh, so we're starting more. In fact, uh, Stephen, our uh, small groups pastor, he has a goal that by the time we start in the fall that we have 60 small groups. It's almost double what we have right now. And so I'm excited that God is adding growth. But we're also going to see that we can't really make room for the harvest without workers. How many of you know crops don't put themselves up in the barn? You you know, you try. Yeah. You, you know, one of the great things about uh, going to church with cows next door, how many of you have noticed uh, there's a few more cows every time you come to church? And there's work that goes along with that. And, you know, now that we're third winter, uh, you know, there's even more work that goes along with that farming. And harvest works the exact same way. Now, uh, I'm kind of, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I like to tell on myself, I'm educationally challenged. I'll be honest with you and tell you, I went to public school in Alabama I went to college in Mississippi. I mean, the only thing that'd make me dumber would be a master's from Arkansas and a doctor from Kentucky. And, uh, and so uh, one of my favorite study tools is uh, the dictionary. And so uh, when I like to talk, I like to look up and see what in the world am I talking about. And uh, so I'm, you know... It's not rocket science. It's just looking up things in the dictionary. Uh, and what's a conduit? Well, a person or organization that acts as a channel for the transmission of something. And our uh, today, it's not something, it's someone. And we get to be conduits of Jesus. Now, a lot of times people talk about the local church and I'll be honest with you, I've never seen a better organization to grow disciples and to help us grow spiritually than the local church. And a lot of times, uh, people think that 
pastors especially want to just grow a church at any cost. But this is what I found out over the years. You don't build a church by using people. You build people by using a church. And we're able to use the local church as a way for us to reach a community, reach a world. Uh, How many of you know that we could not be doing what we're doing around the world, freeing the slaves there. Uh, you see the pictures of in the lobby, uh, Nepal, Uganda, all the different ministries that are going on on this church. How many of you know we couldn't do that as an individual? It takes a group of people working together and being a conduit of Jesus to the world, as well as what's happening in our youth group. Uh, The other Wednesday night, 25 teens were uh, around the altar. Uh, God was moving uh, in a special way. And it's crazy that next week, camp filled up. Because people says that he's moving here to house. I imagine what he's going to do at camp. And uh, they wanted to be a part of what God was doing. And I want you to see that all of us as believers uh, are called to be conduits of Jesus. We have a mission. And that mission is plain. It's something that we don't take for granted. Matthew 28, verses 19 And 20, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. You know, when you look at that all nations, uh, that's not just different countries. That's different people groups within that nation. That's kids. That's youth. That's adults. And you look at what God is doing like this morning and looking in Nepal, and here's this classroom full of kids, and they'll grow up to not know what the generations before them ever had to experience. Clean water, education, and they find out all about Jesus. You see, it's important that we be about the mission of making disciples in these end days. And with that in mind, there's four things that I want to make sure that uh, you see according to the Word of God that all of us who name the name of Jesus and who have been called to be conduits of Him, uh, that four things the Bible says that we need to be doing. Number one, every believer can do ministry. Well, you need to show me that in the Bible, Jim. I'll be glad to. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen people. Anybody here a chosen people? Amen. A royal priesthood. Ooh, we like that word royal. A holy nation. Holy nation. Holy nation. God's special possession. Ooh, underline that. Put stars by it. Highline it purple. Oh, I like that. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, here's the big question. If we are a priesthood, what do priests do? 
They do the work of the ministry. It's just that simple. And I'm not talking about putting on a collar. Uh, I'm talking about the priesthood of the believer. And according to God's Word, I believe that every believer can do ministry uh, in three different ways as a priest. Uh, I love how many of you know we're the temple of God. And this is a picture of the Hebrew temple, uh, Solomon's temple, there were three different stages. There were the outer gates that everybody was welcome to. The inner gates were for those that believed. Then there was the Holy of Holies, where uh, only the priest, only the high priest could go. But how many of you know, thanks to Jesus, we can enter the Holy of Holies? And we can minister to the Lord. You say, Jim, how do we minister to the Lord? It's just real simple. We give thanks for what he's done. We come into his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Uh, You can sum up how God told us to train children by this one statement. Really and truly, every Jewish feast Uh, can be wrapped up in this. Remember what the Lord did and teach it to your children. That really sums up every single feast day and all the things that God did. Remember what he did. And we come into thanksgiving. We come our gates of thanksgiving and his courts of praise. Again, praise is remembering his ways. Uh, I love the scripture that says Israel knew his deeds, but Moses knew his ways. And you think about understanding, we, we thank him for what he did, but we praise him for who he is and that he is our God. The third thing that we can do is worship. And uh, again, like Sam said, it's not a music genre. It's not just the name of our service, but worship is that intimacy, celebrating his presence, being in his presence and just worshiping him. Uh, It's what we only give to him. We don't worship anybody else. And uh, it's important that we understand that we have a responsibility to minister to the Lord. But we also have a responsibility to minister uh, to the believers, to train them up. Uh, One of the great things, parents, is you have a partner when it comes to raising your kids and raising your teenagers. Uh, It's so good that as Uh, believers together, we're able to come in small groups and our women's Bible study and men's Bible study and let iron sharpeth iron. It's amazing how uh, God uses folks to help you on your walk with the Lord just by doing life together. And it's amazing. And it's something that we have been called to minister to other believers. Listen, there's not babysitting going on in our children's ministry today. They are doing the work of God, and they are raising kids not to be the church of tomorrow. Yes, they're the church of tomorrow, but they're just as much the church of today. Any gray-haired saint has nothing on those children. 
they are the church of now. And as they are learning how to apply God's Word right now as they live for the Lord, it's more than just down the road when they become adults. See, we're laying the foundation for what they're going to be taught as teenagers so that they're able to thrive in the teenage years, uh, not just build a testimony. I want you to see that it's important that you realize that we can minister to other believers. Now, these are two things we're going to do forever. How many of you know that we will be worshiping the Lord and ministering to the Lord in eternity? That's what heaven's all about. We're going to be spending time with the saints. That's what heaven's all about. But this third area that we're called to minister to, it's the only one that has an expiration date, and that's outreach, evangelism. That's something we can only do now. And God has called us to make a difference as a goer or a sender at work, in our high schools, uh, everywhere we are, we have the opportunity to be used in ministry and serve as priest. Well, let's see this in another scripture. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. It was he, talking about Jesus, that gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. To do what? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Listen, you are God's people, and God has called us all to have works of service. That's not how we're saved. We're not saved by works, but God wants us to build up the body. And this is how we do it. Amen. This is how we do it. Okay. Uh, Number two, each of us have a particular gift, at least one. How many of you know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He's the same. If he gave gifts to men when he ascended unto heaven, he's still giving gifts to men. And it's important that we use those gifts for his glory. You know, I have found that the greatest fulfillment in life is when I can take a God-given gift that he has given me and use that for his glory. There is no fulfillment of that gift, like using it for the one who gave it to you in the first place. And God has given us gifts. And that's the wonderful thing. Whether you're playing music on the main stage or over in kids or in our youth group, or you're leading men in a Bible study on Wednesday mornings in worship, uh, you're, you're down at all the different ministries here in the church It's all the same. And God wants to use us and use those gifts to help grow his kingdom. Number three, all of us can help in some way. Now, some of you are uh, too young to know this commercial. You're going to have to Google it, I'll tell you. Thank God for Google. What would, there'd be a lot of dumb people uh, if it wasn't for Google. But, uh, Anybody remember Shake and Bake? 
Oh, yeah. One of my favorite commercials in the whole wide world, a little southern girl said, it's shaking bake, and I helped. She's watching her mother uh, cook. And that's something we could all do. We all can help in some way. Uh, I remember the first time I ever helped uh, my stepdad. He was working on a 1958 uh, Belvedere. Man, it had the Batman wings. It was black. Uh, I wanted that car so bad, although I wasn't old enough to drive it, and he got rid of it before I did. But uh, I remember the first thing I ever did to help him was uh, put in brake shoes uh, and my job was to mash the brakes. Now, being a good Southern boy, I did not press them. I mashed them. There is a difference. Uh, I did not press them. He said, mash them. And I said, mash them. And I just mash those brakes. And I remember going in to see my mom. And, man, there was no convincing that I was just as much of the brake shoe fixing process as the guy who did all the work. I was convinced. I helped. It was like shaking back. I helped. And it was something that I realized that all people can help. Uh, and it's also in the Bible. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 through 30. Verse 28, and in the church, God's appointed first of all apostles, second of all prophets, third teachers, and workers of miracles. Also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Now I'm going to ask you some questions. These are not trick questions. They're just the questions of verse 29. And if you'd be so brave, just answer them out loud. They all have the same answer. And so uh, don't be afraid. I'm not going to give you an aha moment or anything. Uh, you can tell I'm a jokester, but I'm. Uh, this is serious. 29, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? And the Baptist said, no. <laughs> Do all interpret? No. But eagerly desire the greater gifts, and now I will show you the most excellent way. How many of you would agree? Here we're fixing to come in agreement as a church. Ooh. Uh, not all churches do that. Uh, but how many of you would agree that the answer in verse 29 to all those questions is no? Yeah, it's no. But have you ever noticed that there's two things listed in verse 28 that aren't listed in verse 29? I wonder why they were left out. Well, maybe the answer's not no. Maybe the answer to these two things is yes. Well, what two things are they, Jim? Those able to help others. Yes. And those with gifts of administration. Yes. How many of you know you can help somebody? Amen. And at the same time, how many of you know if you're going to show up to do a job or do anything, you need to show up on time? You need to be organized. You need to do it right. There's a right way and a wrong way. 
one of the things about that scripture that says, fight the good fight of faith, that means if there's a good fight of faith, there's a bad fight of faith, and don't fight that one. So there's two sides of these things. And in fact, anything with one side is counterfeit. It's real simple. Somebody give you a $20 bill, you think it's not real. If it has one side, you're right. It's not. Things with two sides are, are right. So I want you to see that even in Scripture, we see that all of us can help. Number four, you, have a, you are part of the body of Christ, and you have a particular function. How many of you know that all your body parts aren't the same? I laugh sometimes when people say, oh, that's, that's not an important part of the body. If it's on mine, I think it is. I know they say you can live without a finger, but I really don't want to. I know you can probably live without an ear, but I'm kind of attached to these two that are attached. I don't want, you know, I don't understand it. You know, they say, oh, you, the doctor says, you won't miss that. Yes, I will. If you're going to put me asleep and cut my side, I'm going to miss it. Especially if you give me a bill to go along with it. I, I don't like it. It's just that simple. But in the church, every part has a function. Now, we see the parking lot guys. We see Jim and the parking lot team out there every week. Man, today they, they got extra crowns in heaven for uh, baby snow. Uh, some of you from up north said, that's not snow. That's not even a dusting. That's just jolly green giant dandruff. Uh but I want you yeah, Google Jolly Green Giant. Uh, but I want you to see that at the same time, man, being out there in the cold and the rain, uh, I thank God for those guys. They are a blessing to our church. But could you make it without a, a parking team? You could. You just run into each other. And uh, it, it wouldn't be near as pleasant. And there's things we see all the time. There's other things and other ministries that we forget about. Uh, how many of you know sometimes people forget about different parts of their body? When was the last time you stood up, lifted both hands, and thanked God for your pancreas? Most of you forgot you had a pancreas till I used it in a sentence. And that's the way nursery workers are. They're the pancreas in the body of Christ. If you don't have a kid in the nursery, you don't think about the nursery. But I tell you, those young mothers, those nursery workers are rock stars. We appreciate them. The love that they give our kids, and you don't have to worry. Uh, I mean, they're playing with hazardous materials, and, and uh, thank God the 5 o'clock service team, thanks God they remove them after the 11. Uh, but it's one of those things that, man, you can't live without a pancreas. And there's not a growing church in America that is growing that doesn't have a great nursery. And it's important that we understand that every body part, whether it's seen or not seen, it's important to what God has called us to do as conduits. And what happens when a body part stops functioning or just isn't functioning or it's missing? 
There's disease. There's problems. There's stuff that happens. And it's important that whatever part of the body God has created you to be. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. Uh, some of you, you don't want people at your house. You uh, want uh, to be out in the parking lot, and that's okay because every gift is different. And so we are part of the body of Christ. You say, Jim, what is all this about? Just real simple. Luke 10 2, back here. The harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I want to just ponder this for just a second. What if the size of the harvest is determined by the number of harvesters ready to work it? Notice Jesus didn't say pray for the harvest. The harvest is there. There's no shortage on people needing to be ministered to. There's no shortage of opportunities to serve. But what if the size of the harvest was determined by our yes? Man, I'm so thankful for all of you who are serving. Thank you for standing at a door. Thank you for not just greeting, but ushering. Man, what would we do without our ushers? Well, nobody to ush. Uh, thank God for the folks that make coffee. Amen. Who knew coffee was a ministry? And it ministered to me. Amen. Uh, but I'm telling you, there is a place to say yes and a place to reach people. There's a harvest. And just like the Jesus movement, there's churches that won't even know the harvest is right there. But this church, we know the harvest is ripe. And I believe with all my heart that God is calling us to make a difference and to not limit the harvest by the size of the harvesters. What can I do, Jim? It's real simple. Get out your phone and Text serve twenty three to nine seven triple zero. All you have to do is say, I'm willing to do something. If you're not doing anything now, text that number. There'll be a place to give your name, your email. We'll reach out to you, we'll meet with you, we'll help you. Look, some of you know exactly what you want to do to be a part of what God's doing. Some of you say, i got a big old house. I'll open it up for Jesus. I'll love on people. I, I keep my cake pans greased anyway. Amen. Uh, I, I'll, I'll bake a cake. Uh, and so uh, that's awesome. We have places for you to serve, and we'll help you find that. We'll train you. We won't just throw you in the classroom tell you not to come out till Jesus comes back. Amen. We will train you and put you by some folks that will teach you what you need to do and what you need to know. But it all starts with saying yes. And you can do that by texting. Say, I need to pray about it. Good. There's Write down that number, and that will be great. Maybe you hadn't 
Uh, you're a musician. You had not played in a long time. Listen, we got places over in the generation's wing where you can play and be a blessing. But it all starts with saying yes. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these blessed people. Thank you for calling us to be a part of Conduit Church. Thank you that, Lord, even bigger than that, you've called us You've called us to be your conduits of blessing to our community and the world around us. Lord, I pray that every person would ask you what you want them to do in this end time harvest. And Lord, I ask you to not limit our harvest by the amount of harvesters that we have in this church. Help our yes to be an instrument of blessing for your kingdom. And Lord, we love you and thank you for allowing us to be a part of what you're doing in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.